The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. What's up, everybody? This is Nate, host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, here live on BeExposedRadio.com only. Um, today we have a, a continuation of our last uh, two interviews for the Gospel Truth. This is part three. We have two more castmates uh, joining me today, Miss Fela Langston and Mr. Rob Mercer. Uh, we'll be interviewing them in just a few moments. Uh, first of all, I wanna say thank you to everybody that continues to support the show. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, go to our uh, website, www.beexposedradio.com and beexposedmedia.com to check out all the latest music. If you are a music artist, as we have today, uh, please submit your music. Uh, we play your clips of your, um, your performance, music videos, I haven't heard it in such long, uh, music videos on our podcast as well. So submit those uh, and we'll be glad to help support your music um, and your art and such. Um, and don't forget here, I'm actually in the middle of my art studio. So if you are an artist or a maker or entrepreneur and you wanna create a way to um, promote or market your brand, your products, your services. Uh, join us every Saturday from 11 until 6 for a pop-up. If you are interested in having your own pop-up, please stop by. Uh, we have a number of authors, uh, jewelry designers. Uh, we have a culinary artist coming next weekend. This weekend, we have an artist out of Philadelphia, uh, Mr. Hakeem Stokes. Uh, he is an author of plenty books, and I'm sure he'll bring a couple authors down with him as well. And they'll be doing their pop-up. So we have a pop-up series each Saturday here at the Vashtop Blue Jewelry Studio, 1734 Maryland Avenue, uh, right between Mount Vernon and uh, Charles Village. So come on down. If even if you don't, you're not an artist, come on down and support the artists that are here. Um, it's our way of kind of helping and supporting artists to come out of this pandemic because for many of us, it's been a difficult journey. Uh, but without further ado, I'm about to welcome on my guests. I'll be taking part in a play called The Gospel Truth, uh, directed by Miss Katrina Jones. Um, and this is my first play back. Uh, since the pandemic, actually, the last one of the last plays at Arena Players was uh, Pearly, which which I was in, and Katrina played my wife. Uh, so I have uh, joined on the cast, and it's kind of like a live radio performance. Um, and we have some phenomenal singers uh, joining us. Um, I haven't heard one bad note, so come on out and uh, hear the gospel truth. Uh, and our first guest that I'm gonna bring on is Miss. Fela Langston. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. And we also have Mr. Rob uh, Mercer joining us as well. Uh, so 
first of all, Miss uh, Fela, please introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit about you, and then we can jump right over to Mr. Mercer. Okay, like you said, my name is Fela. Um, I also go by Adia because I'm named after my mother. Um, we have the same first name, so I'll take either one. Um, I am 26. I'm currently a grad student at UMBC in their public policy program. So graduated in December, thankfully. Okay. Um, what else can I share? I, I like to, I mean, I like to draw, I like to paint, I like singing. I also have a Bachelor of Music um, and a Bachelor of Political Science. So I'm into a lot of different things, really. So she's going to be champion for the artist right soon, possibly. <laughs> and Mr. Rob? Hello, uh, Nate and Fela. Um, yes, my name is Rob Mercer. Um, I'm originally from Florida, but I've been in the DMV area for 20 years or so now. So um, oh, you are, you are. I, I call this home as exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I specialize in um, between doing music at church and doing um, my solo and also music career with my brothers, Dark to Light, sporting our shirt today. And um, also I, I work in, um, I'm very passionate about education. So I work, um, for the federal government with the HBCU program. So I'm currently um, the uh, lead uh, director of that program, um, giving out grants and, and loans to our school. So um, that's where that's where my passions and and everything lie at this moment. So that's that's who I am. Well, he gonna help us get rid of these school loans, Taylor. And if he hasn't told us that, that's gonna be his gift. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's been an interesting, I've been to a couple of rehearsals so far, and it's really interesting to see the collection of people. We have some old school quartet uh, style, some um, Pentecostal style. I got to listen to Mr. Rob last night, um, bringing that uh, uh, contemporary blend. I can't wait to hear Fela, and maybe Fela give us a little taste today. You never know, you never know, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, but it's been an interesting journey watching you all. So this play is it's not necessarily a church play, but we are uh, performing, well, they are performing, I'm giving my voice to break. Uh, and when I say incredible singers, um, some great personalities, and you'll get to know a little bit about them as well. Um, in terms of being singers, uh, I'll start with you, Fela. Uh, when did it when did it hit you? When did you know that you had this talent? Um, well, it probably started. I was about six years old. My mother got me an Aretha Franklin CD for Christmas. Mm. Um, it was like a greatest hit CD or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and apparently, I was singing along to like all the songs in the car. That was like my favorite CD. Um, I would I would ask my grandmother to I would make them sit on the couch and I would say oh watch me perform and sing this song. Um, mm -hmm. So by the time I was like nine and I was still doing it, my mother was like oh you know she might be really interested in this. So I started mm -hmm. taking voice lessons um, with Janis Jackson at the Nathan Carter School of Music, um, and that's pretty much where I started. Oh, and and beyond that, was it you just tried every other art form as you got older or? Um, it really was mainly singing. Um, the middle school that I was at, I, I didn't have a chance to be in choir there. So I wasn't, I wasn't really like singing in public too much other than my voice lessons until I got to high school. Um, and then I figured out that I could draw when I was like 17. 
Um, so it was just me like picking things up and saying, I wonder if I can do this. Um, but then with the theater, I wasn't in a musical until my senior year of college. So 2018 was my first musical. Oh, wow. Wow. Most people, you know, they kind of dibble dabble in it. You no, know, I was shy. Oh, I was so shy. And it, it, it is something that brings breaks people out of that shell as well. So it probably was a good tool. Yeah. Being as though you're senior year going into college. Uh, how about you, Rob? When did you know the voice was there? I I think my, well, my mom saw it in me first, um, around the age of four or five years old. And next thing I know, I was just singing everywhere. And I was like, oh, I guess I can sing. Um, and she recently, on my last birthday, she showed me this program Apparently I was five years old and I did a full concert. Like I was looking at the list of songs, like, wow. Like singing songs like, um, like the old Hawkins stuff. Like, I'm like, who put together this okay. list? But um, yeah, so. Y'all both jumped out the gate of Risa, the Hawkins. Like y'all both jumped out there. I guess so. Yeah, man. So yeah, and I've just, from that point on, I fell in I fell in love with the gift of music. I ended up going to the School of Arts in, in Florida. So I fell mm -hmm. in love with all of the arts. Was that high school or that was, was younger school? Yes, that was high school. That was starting in ninth grade. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then being at an art school, was it all art or did you have other interests outside of being a performing artist? No, it was all art. It was mm -hmm. um, acting, show choir, um, mm. dancing, although <laughs> I, I, I wasn't that good in dancing. But um, yeah, it was all arts. So in, in terms of doing uh, theater, was that ever a thought for you? Or did you were you like tunnel vision into singing? I enjoyed theater. Like, I did it in high school. I but like my main focus my main passion was singing um mm -hmm. yeah so i didn't really pursue it pursue it um although when i did it i loved it so it was interesting that i didn't yeah it just wasn't the i guess the the, the passion that that really drove me so. right right it has to be something that you want to do it can't be something you just try because it's too time consuming to really play with it um I'm I'm reading, you know, as I read through your bio, uh, Rob, you've traveled, uh, was it backup singing or music direction with various artists? Uh, so my traveling um, has been kind of wild, man, because I first went to South Africa because a friend of mine was over there um, just studying abroad and he was working with, as part of his internship, he was working with um, a group of students in Johannesburg who were the Adamika performing arts students who were extremely talented. And he got the director of the program to send for me to come do a workshop on gospel music. Like, it's such a blessing because I'm, you know, I'm no big name. So, and that's how it started. And I went over, I did that workshop. Okay. And from there, I've, um, just pass along my my music and my resume, and I've been able to go to Africa a couple of more times, 
And then another friend of mine passed along my music to a producer in Australia. And I got a chance to go over there and record and do some things. So I've really been blessed just from friends saying, hey, hey, my boy can um, my boy can do this. You all should have him. So it's been crazy. Were you I'm, so in in terms of you now putting your focus, you in a group now, what made you make it your profession? I got to a point I was doing solo um, gospel music. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I got really frustrated with the industry. And I was saying, you know, God has already blessed me. I've done things beyond what I could have imagined anyway. I've, you know, I've done concerts with my name over in overseas that I never um, thought of without any backing from like a record company or anything. So I don't feel like this doing this fight with the American music industry. So I planned in, it was like 2015. I was like, that's it. I'm not doing anything. And then um, my brothers from Dr. Light, um, Javon Emin and C.D. Porter, um, they came with me. Last time I went to Africa to do a concert in Gambia, I invited them. Um, and they came and we had such a great time. The, the chemistry of our vocals, um, everything went so well that when Javon said, hey, maybe we should form a group, it reignited something in me that whole passion for for doing industry work um and like it just felt better as a part of a group than having to go through the fight um as a solo artist because it's a lot of work in the industry um yeah. from radio to promotion to marketing to everything um there's a lot of work and just because it's gospel music doesn't mean there's no work like right yeah right. Faith without works is dead. So you got to really, you got to get out there and grind. And so the grind felt better as a group. Mm. So that's that's reignited my passion. Uh, for you, Fela, uh, have you, are you embarking on a music career or are you just doing it as it comes at this point? Um, I'm still figuring it out. It's kind of it's kind of as it comes. Um, to be honest, I didn't when I was younger. I don't think I really planned too far past college. Um, mm -hmm. When I found out you could go to school for music, I said, "Oh, that's what I'm doing. I know that." Um, mm -hmm. So I got there, and then I think I just once I once I was in a in a, um, a musical, I was like, "Well, musicals are cool." Um, when I graduated, I made sure that I was I was auditioning um, for things in the area. I also went to school in North Carolina, so coming back home. To Baltimore, it was I was like trying to figure out um, just where I could do shows, where I could perform because I hadn't been home in really in a few years. So okay. I'm still, and then the pandemic, I had I was out of school for a year and a half when the pandemic started. So I'm still really figuring that out. So, but you've been able to navigate this like really your college career during the pandemic. What did that feel like outside of being an artist and being a student? What did that feel like? Um, because I graduated, well, I graduated in 2018 from undergrad and then I was home for about a year. I wasn't really doing much, um, musically until like the, that summer. 
it was really, really hard to go from, um, I was, I was, if I wasn't in a show, I was probably auditioning for something. So it was really mm-hmm. hard to go from being able to find opportunities. I think I had like one of my first paid, I paid singing opportunities, like the, well, not my first, but my first since college, um, like three weeks before everything shut down. So it was really hard for me to say like, I'm, I'm home. I'm finally like, you know, getting to do things in the arts and then everything just shut down. Um, so it, it, it was definitely hard coming out of that, but I'm glad that, you know, the opportunities are, I mean, they're still here. It was just, it was rough. So, but I've always been interested in kind of balancing my time. My, like I said, my majors were in. So being as though you. That's breaking up. I was saying I have always really liked to kind of balance my time too. So I majored in public policy, I mean, not public policy, political science and music. So finding the balance has always kind of been what I wanted to do, I think. So navigating that that career, uh, going into the educational field, learning the craft, the technique, uh, what was that, explain that, because most people it's, it's a big difference between this is what you've always wanted to do and you find a way to do it versus, you know, going the educational route where you're learning the foundation and the technique of it. Do you regret doing that or was that really helpful to you learning uh, the talent? Or the, I don't regret the it because I don't regret it because I wasn't really, I mean, no one on my mother's side is really musically inclined. My mother likes to sing. Um, love her, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, nobody around me was really singing, um, so, which is why my mother, when she found out about like voice lessons, that was what she put me in. Um, and outside of that, I didn't okay. really, I wasn't singing with other people growing up until ninth grade when I went to Western, I was in the choir. Um, and there were things that like, as my, as my choir director was telling me, she was like, oh, we're in, we're in like this key. I didn't know what she was talking about. So um, even like the, like the ear training aspect, there were so many things I just, didn't understand because I didn't grow up around music in that way. Mm -hmm. Going to school for it really, really made a big difference for me because I learned, I mean, not that I can play piano that well, but I just developed a a better foundational understanding of everything that I didn't get just being around music growing up. So I'm a lot more confident now. Do you write as well? No. I tried um, years ago. I tried, but no. It it something like that it comes if it if it's supposed to hit you it'll definitely come uh for you rob uh did you ever go to school for it or was it a, i know you went to the school of arts uh but beyond that did you seek higher education in that skill set i did not um mm-hmm. i was heavily involved with the music um department i went to hampton university so I was involved in concert choir. I was officer in concert choir. I was over the gospel choir. Um, I took music Mm. theory classes, but it was never a major. Um, Okay. Okay. So, yeah. But that typically, I mean, that's another form of education. Choir, uh, whether it be in church or in school, that's typically how a lot of people get started or kind of sharpen that tool as well. Um, I, I think that's a, a great way. That's that's kind of how I got introduced to music, always being on choirs. And I think you learn a lot more 
uh, even on the technical side, especially if you have a good director when you when you do it that way. Um, and in terms of, I'm, I'm gonna transition a little bit, in terms of this pandemic, being a uh, creative, how did you, did it stop you? You have been traveling a lot. So how did that hurt you or help you going through this pandemic? It, uh, it, it slowed some things down because the group, Dr. Light, we were just getting, like, we were just about to, like, take off. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had to sort of pivot. So we decided to just get in the studio um, and we just started recording music. And mm-hmm. um, I was also doing a lot of stuff online. Like I was doing a lot of um, just performances, just um, putting some things out there, testing out some music and um one thing I'm thankful for, because I had to take a break from singing at church every Sunday, I got my voice back to 100%. So that was, you know, mm. that was kind of like, yo, thank you, Jesus. Um, because I wasn't having to teach teach choir rehearsals and you know, lead praise and worship and do all those things. Um, that was actually a blessing. And I've been able to sustain that. So God just showed me some just some different techniques to do in terms of my singing um, to help sustain my, myself. So the pandemic, yes, it stopped a few things, but I'm also grateful for um, just for some different moves I was able to make. Uh, so I was able to learn through the process um, and all of that turned out to be uh, beneficial for me. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm having some technical issues. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BeExposedRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, so uh, my name is Tevin Brown. I'm 30 years old. I'm born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland. 30? Wow. Yeah. I guess so. (laughs) You're older than me, though, so, you know. Wow. Wow. I was I was congratulating you. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm born in Baltimore. Um, I'm a music teacher, so I teach music um, for a grade six to twelve at Ace Academy Ooh. in Hampton. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna pray for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm also a minister of music at uh, Mount Hebrew Baptist Church, been there for five years. And um you know, in addition to that, I just do gigs from time to time. I have a band that I play with. Um, and I also do some solo work. Mm-hmm. So, really, whatever comes. <laughs> it's uh, our first met. Because I have 
Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I had to do a little switcheroo, uh, little technical issues. But uh, we're back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. We have two performers, two performers, two singers from the play of Gospel, The Gospel Truth, uh, that's opening up at the Arena Playhouse May 20th, and it runs for two weekends. Uh, I'll be joining the cast on the second weekend. Uh, so we have a phenomenal lineup of singers, and we have two of those singers, Mr. Rob Mercer uh, and Mr. Miss, I'm sorry, Fela Langston uh, joining us. And we were just talking a little bit about uh, that transition out of, of the pandemic. Rob, you finished off saying you got your voice back, I guess, because of the break you were taking. Uh, <laughs> so how, but how did you pivot in terms of, I know you said you spent some time in the studio, well, how did you prepare yourself to come back or how have you been preparing yourself to come back? Um, I, mine, was, mine was really smooth. Um, it was, it, I just simply had to transition back into um, my, my weekend, act, you know, activities with, um, with the church and with the group. So I really only, I really only had like a six month break and then um, six to eight month break. And then, you know, we started back up um, singing at churches and, you know, just, it wasn't, it was different, but I didn't think it was anything too difficult. Um, and like I said, I'm probably one of the few ones who I enjoy though you know those six to eight months that I you know had to just prepare and do studio work and write music with my my brothers and record I I enjoyed that break so um yeah it's pretty smooth uh for you Philip uh in terms of working being an artist uh how did you pivot in that pandemic time or coming out of it now really um, I think what was probably like the biggest, the biggest change that I needed to make was that I started grad school. Um, I started grad school like the like two months before the pandemic started. Um, mm -hmm. so I would have been taking kind of, kind of a, an intentional break from mute from at least like musicals because I didn't want, I thought I didn't want to do so. I, I just didn't want to stress myself out. Um, but I don't know. I don't even know how I ended up like performing again. It was, I think, I think maybe Tamba from, um, you know, oh, Tamba, yeah. Tamba, I think Tamba reached out to me again. And I was like, I mean, mm. I have, I have class. I'm, I was in school full time and then I was working full time. So there was a lot going on. Um, but as far as like, I guess, getting myself ready, I was singing all the time. I mean, the, the good thing about singing is you can do it whenever. 
So yeah. I was really, I feel like I really took a lot of time to just listen to my voice more um, and get even more comfortable with my voice. So that I think being being home most of the time was actually really good for me because it was like a natural, just natural practice. So. How did both of you all uh, capture that virtual learning that we all had to do where we were learning how to be engineers and sound techs and lighting techs? Did you did you pick up those skills as well, either of you? Probably not. It's a, a simple Zoom. That was it. <laughs> How about you, Rob? I sort of let um, I sort of let other people do it. So, like, if we had if I had to perform virtually, mm-hmm. um, you know, I let other people who know how to do that stuff like, yo, set me up. So that I can just sing and be out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what um that's a lot a lot of times what I did. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. A, a lot of us were forced to like struggle through it. I know I, I I had to learn how to do the things that my engineer typically did, uh, even when I did other events. Did you do any virtual events? I'm I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Phelan? That's fine. I was saying I did like a virtual choir thing. Okay. Um, all I had to do was sing into my phone and I said, y'all get it together. But <laughs> y'all blessed because a lot of artists, we had to learn the whole struggle of it all. And it, it really um it really opened us up to a whole new platform of people. And, and really an international uh, uh, group of people. So probably more people saw you than would typically see you uh, in, in any one event that you would do. So that was the part that I, I loved about it because I got to meet people literally around the world uh, from some events. Um, moving, moving past this pandemic, what are some of your plans in moving forward? Um, are you talking musically? Musically or not, we can straddle that fence. Um, musically, um, I've moved. I moved. I've moved into writing um, storyboards. Like so, for all of our my group's videos so far, like mm-hmm. um, God has ignited this thing with me just writing storyboards. Like I'm a big, even though I didn't pursue acting, I used to always go to New York, watch Broadway, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, that was always a part of me. So I have friends now who are actually on Broadway and I got together with them virtually, um, at least one of them virtually. And yeah, so I've, so that's been the big thing for me and like for our videos. And I'm really excited about the next ones coming out because I wrote this whole elaborate story. It's like a concept video that you know you used to see like Michael Jackson and those type of artists do. So that's mm-hmm. what's that's really what's on the horizon for me. Just writing more for some more of our singles that are going to be released, um, and also traveling. Like I'm, I'm real passionate about traveling, even when I'm not singing. So mm-hmm. um, I've been setting up a lot of uh, a lot of trips outside of our, you know, when I don't have to sing with, with the group, I'm trying to travel as much as I can. What's the dynamic, what's the difference for you being in a group versus being solo? I know you said it was a, a little bit more pressure off of you, but that dynamic of planning for three versus just for you. 
Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if you've been in, I'll just say, if you've been in a relationship, you know, uh, sort of like the same thing, like you can't just think of, think about yourself. You want, you have to plan around what the group is doing. Um, because in terms of music, music and the arts, like that's my number one priority is the group. So always give that precedence on my calendar. Um, Mm. and so they had, so for instance, this play, The Gospel Truth, um, we didn't have anything those weekends, so um, I decided to do it. Okay. And, and how do you choose, because often, you know, when you have a group, uh, it's kind of a sticky situation when someone wants to do something solo, and I'm starting to see more and more artists be able to do that. I know musicians in general are good at, you know, being in multiple things, but what happens when you want to do something solo? How do you plan around that? Um, Is that your, is that your goal at all? Yeah, I'm not a big, I think because I, I did solo stuff um, for so many years, like I'm not like out here, oh my gosh, I want to do something solo. I want to do something solo. Like I really want to do, as much as I can with the group. Um, but if I see an opportunity where like, oh, this the group can't do this, but um, this seemed like a special event. Um, I'll just run it by the group. Hey, yo, hey fellas, I'm, I'm thinking about um, trying out for such and such play or mm-hmm. this. And like, we're so like, we're really like brothers. Like it, it's really, if the calendar is free, like they're gonna be like, yo man, Go for it, though. When is it so we can come? Like it's it's that sort of thing, and I'm the same thing, same way with them. Um, so it's it's a really I'm thankful to God for the situation because it's it's really been just smooth selling. I think you need to teach a class because I don't I don't typically hear these smooth stories about <laughs> groups and working together in that way. Uh, for you, Fela, have you thought about being in a group, or would you prefer to be? keep it solo for right now? Um, I'll be interested in singing in a group. I mean, singing with other people is really an amazing experience. So definitely something I'll be interested in. In terms of, of, have you done any band work in terms of putting together a band or is it just gig to gig right now? Um, the closest I've ever done to putting together a band was me trying to get my um, my friends to sing on the announcements in third grade. So <laughs> the closest I did. Uh, I, I, so I'm gonna transition into like the business of it. Uh, for you, Fela, how have you learned about the business? I know the business gave you a little strife in the beginning, but what have you learned from that ordeal? And how are you now learning how to navigate uh, the business side of what you do? I would honestly say that I that's something that I don't really know much about. Um, like I said, I was I've been, I was shy. Like it took me a very long time to like really come out of my shell, and I feel like. I feel like I was just getting there. Um, like I right. said, I had a I had a paid gig right before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm getting back into me getting out of my shell. So there's still more to learn. And you're still in school, so you're, you're kind of pacing yourself, which is, I think, is the best route. Many people try to, you know, go full force. And for me, uh, I wish when I was younger, like in my early 20s, I would have did that. Uh, but college can sometimes be a lot it's a its own environment so i would say get that education 
get that get that background. Um, so you, because as an artist, sometimes you gotta pick up a job when it's a pandemic or when it's a slow time. But um, for you, Rob, where are you with the business of it? Um, I take the business very seriously. When I first started, I didn't, but now I take it really serious. And for me, it's really about two things, mm. networking so that I build good relationships and staying on top of those relationships, not mm. just bothering people when I want something or, or I'm pursuing things musically, mm. but just maintaining good relationships and saving money. Like okay. those are like my two, I guess you can kind of make it three, the things that like I live by when it comes by business, by the business of music, because I'm finding out that's if you want to progress, like you need money, you need to network, and then you need to work those relationships, mm -hmm. like genuine relationships. What is the, and I hear this differently from depending on what artists I'm talking to, but what is the major difference between the gospel music realm and everything else? There is no difference. Okay. Gospel music is ministry, but the gospel music industry is secular. All is still business. And I think a lot of people, um, if I understood that in the beginning, I don't think I would have gotten so um, frustrated with the industry. You have to know that even with the gospel music industry, it's secular. It is built on business. So you, right. once you understand that, then when certain things happen a certain way or somebody says something like out of side of their neck, you're like, what? So like, yeah. you know, it's, it's still, it's, 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 it's business. I just heard, I just watched the interview with Cece Winans, and she said that's what happened to her and her brother when they were younger. They just assumed everybody was from the church. She said, but once they got out of the home and started doing it professionally, they realized not everybody loves the Lord the way they did. So that's, I guess that's the balance that you, you have to straddle uh, being a gospel artist or inspirational artist. You have to kind of navigate in a different way or in both fields. Mm -hmm. simultaneously uh for you i was reading your uh bio Fela, and it, it mentioned that you were new to gospel music in terms of that being a genre that you sing in um what made you shift over to singing gospel i mean i've always loved singing it it's really being a solo singing oh, a gospel okay. song that is new um so I, where, I, where I really started to love gospel music was in choir in, um, in high school. Um, we, did, we did like a decent mix of songs, um, but in the, in the after school choir, we were usually singing a lot of gospel. So that's really where I started to um, just be more interested in it. But I was all, I did not want to sing the solos. And then um, my college didn't, technically didn't really have a gospel choir. So a mm -hmm. few of my friends, um, we we like revised it basically, um, revived it basically. And then we we kind of grew it while we were there. So it's it's something that I was, I mean, like most of my musical experiences, interested in through school and glad that I, just glad that I was exposed to it. Um, mm -hmm. Ms. Katrina asked me to, to, to sing in this show and I was like, Katrina, I sing gospel in choir. And she said, well, feel just give it a try. 
where did you go for undergrad? Um, it's Salem College. It's a women's college in North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Winston, is that Winston Salem University? Everybody. Oh, it's down the street. Okay. Okay. They two separate ones. That's a so that's where you went to school. That's a really quiet neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I was I, I, I'm being political about it, but I thought I wanted to go there, but it was it felt too quiet. Too quiet. It was right for me. I was at Towson my first year. Um, okay. I, I did not. Towson was not for me. It was way too big. Um, I was down the street from home from my mother's house, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really just, like I said, I was shy. I needed to like get out of my comfort zone. And okay. even though it was still quiet, I was far from home. I was basically by myself. But I still and was in. Focused. Yeah, and it's a small. It's a smaller school, so mm-hmm. like, it was. It was exactly what I needed. And it, it is it's weird how certain environments work better for other people than they do. Uh, I needed to be city life because that was that's where I thought I was. And I was like, I saw people sitting on the porch swinging. I was like, uh, this is I need I need some birds or some ambulance <laughs> sounds, something in the neighborhood. But that's it's interesting how your career is forcing you to take your time. Yeah. And I think that's that's seasoning you to a space where when you do make that jump, you're going to be ready because you're picking up all these things as you go along. Yeah. Um, and for you, uh, Rob, what scares you about this industry or not just the industry, but just this profession, this career path? Um, man, to be honest, nothing's at the moment. I can't think of anything that scares me. Um, I, um, I, yeah, I can't think. We we had an opportunity last year um, in October to sing in front of some major uh, gospel artists, and I got a little nervous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in terms of, but I was excited, so it wasn't like a a fear. It was just a a nervous excitement. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't really. I, I don't really, I, I think my hope, I'll put it like that. My hope is that every artist that comes out, especially in the gospel field, would be authentic to who they are as a musician and to their music. I think if they do that, um, that'll just make the industry so much better. And it, probably even beyond gospel music, like whatever your field is in music, like mm-hmm. if you be we need to see you like we have enough of other people who have come before you be you be authentic and i think that resonates with people and people love that and so that is my hope um Mm -hmm. i would say that's my hope for the industry how do you classify yourself i know in your uh when i when we rehearsed last night you leaned on the contemporary side but how do how would you define yourself that's a industry term but how would you define yourself um man i'm i'm a very eclectic gospel artist um Mm. for this play of course i tried to pick a song that um i think i thought would mesh with the area and um what Katrina told me, like the crowd may be like, but I'm very eclectic. Like our last single is straight rock. Like we had, we had some push back with some radio stations, um, gospel radio stations, because they were like, 
Yeah, this, too, this song has too much guitar, but it's straight rock. But, you know, the lyrics are straight gospel. And I love the song. I think it's like, I think it could have been, um, it did well on the charts, but I think it could have gone far and beyond. Um, but like, that was the pushback, but I loved it. So yeah, I'm, I'm real eclectic. Um, I can do that. And then like, I, I can also get super excited about a jazz arrangement of a hymn. So mm. like, I'm my, my thoughts musically, I just love music. Um, I just, as long as the, the, as long as the message or the lyrics sort of marry the melody so that they're not competing, um, I don't care what the, the the melody may sound like. Let's do it. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a very eclectic um, gospel artist. Some of my favorite gospel inspirational singers push the envelope. You know, the Clark sisters, they used a lot of non-traditional or non-gospel melodies or yeah. samples. Uh, um, the Mary, we just watched the versus battle between Mary Mary and um, CC Winers and BP Winers, and they both were very non traditional, kind of, you know, considered compared to today, uh, they were rebels at that time. So, um, putting certain music out or not having certain verbiage in that music, it really uh, made them straddle. But I love today where you have gospel track music, gospel rock, yep. music, you know, uh, Christian rock, you know, everything has variations or uh, different elements in it. You mentioned um, last night you love Stevie Wonder, who is definitely anchored in his belief, but his music is just so colorful and in terms of his inspirations. Uh, Fela, do you, have you settled on a genre or are you gonna be as open yourself? pretty open um like I said classically trained but even even in my classical program I was singing jazz so okay. I mean, I'm open okay. is that uh so who are your inspirations in terms of singers um well when I was younger definitely uh Aretha Franklin even though I would not at all say that I sing like Aretha Franklin that would be a blessing but no are you um, courageous enough to try one of her songs you know, I got asked this in rehearsal and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I could do a little bit, but Okay. Um, which one which one sticks out to you the most? My favorite song by her is probably Ain't No Way. Mm. Okay. So I mean one day maybe we'll hear you sing a little Ain't No Way. You know, <laughs> that's a little what how would you classify your style or if you had to choose a style? Even if it overlaps other things, uh, what would you choose? Um, well, what I hear from other people the most is, is kind of like jazz. Okay. Um, so pro probably that. Any jazz singers that stick out to you that you kind of lend yourself to in terms of learning or absorbing? Um, late, like probably in high school, I was listening to like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, um, you know, classic mm. singers. Um, right now I'm into like, I'm into Jasmine Sullivan. Um, I like Yeba, Th those kind of, I mean, I was always into like Erica Badu, Lauren Hill, those kind of singers. Mm. I, as listening to you talk, that made me, uh, Nancy Wilson name just jumped out my head. She's one of my favorite jazz, uh, singers, but I always love to hear her live because she would incorporate gospel as well. 
So it's interesting to hear jazz and gospel kind of it is. fuse itself. It's an interesting, I mean, they kind of almost the same. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just the verbiage, intentions, uh, sometimes a little different, but uh, I love hearing people who were inspired. Some of my favorite artists are rooted in their faith in church, but they sung other things. The Whitney Houston's, the Aretha Franklin's. Um, I, I just love hearing that sound transform into other things. Fantasia is one of my favorite singers, yeah. so no matter what they sing, you hear that choir, that tone, that uh, that faith. In, in their in their voice, uh, Rob, do, do you feel the need to uh, not be? I, I shouldn't ask it that way. Do you did you ever feel the need to choose um, in terms of your style? Did you ever feel that pressure to uh, sing certain songs or have certain verbiage? Now that you you know you're writing your music as well. Yes, I did when I first started. I was mm -hmm. trying to sing stuff that um, my family and, you know, uh, yeah, mainly like my family would want mm -hmm. me to, to sing, um, you know, just on, based on how we grew up. Mm -hmm. And I really had to, I wrote a song that I never released it. I wrote it for me. Um, um, and it was, it was it was basically talking about coming off the stage, meaning like I'm not going to act, like I'm not going to perform for others anymore. Um, right. I'm going to sing songs that that are really me and that 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 bring me enjoyment um, and are true to who I am. You know, I was just talking about authenticity, mm -hmm. so I had to I had to make that transition, and ever since I did that. It's been my music career has been liberated. Mm. So you don't feel that pressure to conform or to, to please others. Exactly. Mm. That could be hard for any anybody, especially for artists where your your job is whatever your product or service is or your skill, giving it to the people is a is a strong will person that can do what comes naturally but you know, know how to cater to uh, individuals. Uh, Fela, I, I, I just asked Rob a few minutes ago, what scares you about this possible career or this career path, if any, if anything scared? Um, really my own insecurity sometimes, or just my own, like I said, I've been so, I've been so, so shy growing up. Um, and, so, and I know that a lot of the time it was in my way was really me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just, I was talking to somebody the other day about how I feel like, I feel a, a shift in my mind about the way that I see, even uh, the way I see everything, singing, um, talking to other people. Like mm -hmm. I just, it's really just making sure that I'm in a good mental space where I can really just give, just give my all, um, and not hold back. Was it public speaking or was it just speaking in front of people, performing in front of people? Um, transparently, I was teased, I was teased a lot growing up, um, for my hair, for my skin. So I think like it was for me to be figuring out that I, I love to sing around the same time that I was getting teased. I was like, I would not like, I just did not want to really talk to people too much. Um, if there was an opportunity to sing, I would do it. Like if I, um, I went to like a summer camp at, like, when I was like 11, um, and they had like karaoke. So me, the person who would, I would never talk, never talk to anybody really just stayed to myself. I would read a book. 
they said, yeah, we, we want somebody to sing. I said, I'll sing. And that was me like growing up always. I, in high school, I didn't really talk to many people. People didn't find out I could sing until I was on stage one day. So I think it was really just like, I guess, fear of judgment um, because I was because I was getting teased a lot. And so, right. again, of course, as I got older, that wasn't an issue. Um, so my confidence grew in other places and that allowed me to just get more comfortable being on stage. We're going to talk a little bit more with Rob and Phil when we return. We got a, a couple more minutes with them and we're going to take another quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Maybe one of them may feel something on their soul to sing. I don't know. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I've always been an open book. And it was time to write the story that God has been preparing me to share. Dear Tombstone is a glimpse into all of the hardest things that I've dealt with and that were sent to kill me, deter me, and delay me from fulfilling my purpose that God has set over my life. is a journey down memory lane for me, but hopefully it encourages you to tell your story. It's now available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's a problem when you don't take the time that's normally dedicated to others and you make that about you. Now you're narcissistic. Now you are, you know, conceited. Now you, you selfish. Know, you're selfish. And then, and uh, my pastor told me a long time ago, you're in a selfish season. And my selfish season has been prolonged so long because I would still go against that and go against my better judgment and my my needs to make sure other people had it together. And it's just doing something to me. Like, it really is affecting me mentally right now because I am... Uh, I'm seeing how people are addressing a lot of these, uh, mainly like uh, celebrity issues, but that trickles down to how we deal with each other. It really, it really, it. I don't understand how somebody has never portrayed this type of behavior before, and they begin to do this one. They did this one thing once, or they began to do this, and all of a sudden. Yes, they've changed, but right. have built up some type of trust in you where you like some got something else got to be going on for him to do something like this. It's instantly, and it was it. I in this incident with Will Smith, one I want the white people to shut the fuck up. This this shout out. We don't care how you feel. We understand that this was your club for so long, and Will Packard has got into this and made it something totally different mm -hmm. I but i am looking at the ones that look like us the wanda sykes um many of the comedians if not all of them who have taken this selfish role because they can't they can't pivot themselves they can't think of anything that's not disrespecting somebody else and telling a joke about somebody who came to a comedy club to laugh is wrong like that's just yeah, Will came there that day to win an award, not visit a comedy show. Right, that's, that's just where it is, and it's just.
I'm so happy um, to see one of my beautiful family members today. Um, I want to get back on the station, but I definitely want to run my ad for my business on Beads Homes Radio. They are um, attached to so many different businesses and great entities here in the city. If you have a business, you definitely want to put your business out there, commercial, shout out, anything, and sponsor one of the great shows that's on here on Beads Homes Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BigSposeRadio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, a little bit on Twitter. I don't really, um, I talk too much on Twitter. Uh, at the Artist Exchange, we have a number of events coming up throughout the summer. If you have a young person uh, that has an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, definitely send them to the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. We'll be doing a fellowship with 10 students this summer, maybe 12. We, we are still working on space. Uh, but if you have a young person that has a flair for entrepreneurship, whether they be an artist or they have a product or a service or a skill set that you want to bring out of them, uh, we'll be doing a fellowship for the summer, over the summer, uh, with uh, about 10 students right now. We have about six signed up so far, but we're looking for a few more. So send them to the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. Myself. Uh, Love for Moms and Baltimore Fashion Week will be working with a number of students this summer. So hit us up. Uh, we're back. We have two artists from the Gospel Truth uh, opening at Arena Players, uh, the oldest continuously operating Black theater, uh, uh, community theater in the United States. Um, this May, uh, May the 20th, <laughs> my birthday weekend, so get them presents together, people. <laughs> uh, but we will be uh, opening up with these two phenomenal guests. We have Miss Fela uh, Langston, and we have Mr. Rob Mercer. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you all took some time out to come join us today. Uh, can can y'all, uh, real quick before I let, ask my last two questions, can you tell people where they can find your music, where they can book you, uh, how they can send you some donations if they choose to? We'll start with Rob. I think he's... Um, you can find me um, through uh, Dark to Light Music. Um, so that's... DRK, the number two, LGHT. So it's dark to light, no vowels. Um, everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, and Gmail. Um, if you want to try to book me or the group, um, again, dark light music at gmail.com. Um, and we'll be glad and excited to come worship with you or sing for an event, special occasion, um, would be more than happy um, to do that. Great, of course. Miss Fela? Um, things like this always remind me I need to change my name on, um, on social media, but on Instagram and TikTok, my name is Erica.Badon. So spelled like Erica Badu, it's just Badon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so going, so we were coming off of uh, Fela and speaking a, a lot about, you know, going through some transitions and kind of learning that confidence. What did you learn about yourself as you are coming out of that and matriculating into adulthood um, in terms of going through the, the, the craziness that is being a teenager and being surrounded? You went to Weston, so going to a big old campus full of uh, young ladies. Uh, what have you learned about yourself in this time? Um, for one, like one thing that I feel like I really need to claim is that I'm blessed and I'm talented. That's that is like claim the, it. Like Reach up and thing. grab it. That's one of the biggest things that I ten years ago would not have said. I would have been like, I mean, I can kind of sing. I mean, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always looking for validation, that kind of thing. I I have really learned that I don't need to seek it from other people. Mm -hmm. um, so like that, that's the big thing. Also, like along with being blessed, I'm beautiful. I'm wonderfully, I'm wonderfully made. Like the way that I am is the way that I'm supposed to be. Um, and you I speak to, it. You better speak it. Yes. I, just, I, I have it. to accept myself. I have to love myself. And and that's mm. what I mean by when I um when I say I'm worried about myself when it comes to me really putting mm -hmm. myself out there, I have to love myself and be mentally strong enough to to know that if somebody doesn't like what I do. That's okay, because I love what I do, and God loves what I do. So just learning that about myself and really, and I mean, this is like in the past year or two, really, is when mm -hmm. I decided that this is how I feel. So I think that's the biggest thing. And you're going to hear this a lot, and I hate it hearing it. You're young. It's going to come to you when it's time for you to get it. And if you continue on the path that you're going on, putting yourself in, in situations where you're learning and you're growing and you're experiencing, those lessons come easier. It's not easy, but it'll be a little bit easier. The more you choose you, the more you fill your cup, the more you set boundaries, the more you just make strong decisions like you just did, affirmations. You are enough. And nobody can complete you. Nobody can make you. Nobody can destroy you. Uh, and those are all decisions that you hold. And and it's up it's up to you. And you'll you'll hear that. And and what I'm hearing from you is you've already heard that. Um, especially and it needs to come from you as well. Even if it's just you talking to yourself in that mirror until you believe it. Uh that that was my strong suit. That and listening to the Alabaster box my whole life <laughs> from uh Miss CC. Uh for you that is what I'm singing. And I, when I saw that on the list, I was like, she not. We here. We already. I saw that on your, uh, on your, uh, on my list for you all. But that CD, the CD itself, got me through high school, college, adult life. Now in my thirties, it will, it will set you right if you, if you need to get right. Um, for you, Rob, um, what, what has been in this experience of a music career, um, and just adulthood? What had, what was one of your biggest lessons that you've learned? Um, it's kind of piggybacking off of what we were talking about before. Um, mm -hmm. what I've learned is just be me. Mm. Be I'm like you just uh spoke um into Fila, like I am enough. Like mm. my gift, my what God has blessed me with, it is enough. And mm. God has purposed me to touch lives um all across the world um I'll, I'll never forget 
when I first started, I sent my, you know, a lot of times we were so eager. I sent my song to this radio personality who I thought was really bigger than life. Like if I can just get their approval, you know, I know I'm on the, on the way. And this person listened to my song and said, you don't have to pursue um, being a national artist. Um, just being a local artist is enough. Mm. And it crushed me for a minute because like I, I wanted validation from them and I didn't get it. And it took me, it was a great lesson for me to learn that the only validation I, I need comes from within and mm-hmm. comes from God. And so that's all you need. And once I learned that God is, has done all, has done the rest. Like, like I've, like I said, like it's taken my career, like literally all over the world. When I went to uh, Australia to sing with um, their winner of the voice to do a duet and that song, so, you know, soared the charts in Australia, that let me know, like, God is like, yo, I got you. Just put all your trust in mm-hmm. me. Um, right. No one has to know your name. I know your name. So let's go. We often look at mentors or educators or family, friends, and we, we seek that type of val- val- uh, validation uh, from them. Uh, one of the things I learned, nobody can give you something that they don't have for themselves. And it's not a knock to them. It's not putting them down. But I can't expect for you to, to, to give me this upliftment if you have never experienced that or if you, you don't feel that in your own life. So I, I, you know, I ask my friends questions in terms of my career and my, my work, but I don't balance my decisions off of that. Anything you can give me is just a new option or mm-hmm. a different option uh, for that. That's one of the things I had to learn quick and early being a non-traditional, I'm not six foot, you know, muscular, light skin. So me pursuing being an actor or radio personality, that was a difficult challenge for me. But I had to learn how to accept me for who I am and still shine beyond that. But I, I one of my biggest lessons is like this, nobody can give you something that they haven't been given or they don't have for themselves. Uh, and that'll keep you from seeking that validation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, one of the questions that I ask all my guests uh, at the end is, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? Uh, and what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? Now, we're not asking for lottery numbers or <laughs> where the, where the uh, gold is at the end of the rainbow, but uh, just to soften that blow of light a little bit. You can't change anything, but just to soften it a little bit. So what was the, so you say, what question would you what ask? Question, you? What question would you ask to your 17 year old self? Cause that seems to be the age where, uh, the bunny, bunny ain't real no more Santa Claus. So the veil has been lifted and your youthful ignorance mostly. Uh, and then a hundred is like a pinnacle for people. Like, can I just make it to a hundred or what if I made it to a hundred? What advice? would you ask of your 100-year-old self? And what what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? Um, I guess the, if I'm going first, I guess the 
advice um, slash question I would give to my 17-year-old self would mm -hmm. be, do you know who you are? Mm. Like, find out who you are. Mm. Um, that's the first time I've, as long as I've been asking that question, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, because I, I, I'm sitting here thinking that's going to shape a mm. lot of the decisions and moves that you make. So do you know who you are? Find out who you are. Um, Was that a question that you did not get at that age? Or I did not. Okay. I did not. Um, I was, I was just so ready um, to leave home <laughs> and explore. Like I've always had this adventurous personality, mm -hmm. but I didn't. I wasn't prepared. Mm. So that question would have prepared me for a lot of things that I faced um in college and in my 20s um so you want to you one of those birds that jumped out of the nest yeah yeah <laughs> i kind of like i i kind of joke with my christian friends that like i'm peter you know peter is the one that jumped out of the boat and like he gets mm -hmm. a bad rep but i'm like that's me like i would have jumped out on the boat and then like question like okay god why why are you asking me to walk walk on water this way why can't we do it this you know mm -hmm. and the side of drowning that's me um, so knowing who you are, um, you know who you are. Yeah. Mm, that's a meditation. And what, what advice or question would you ask to your 100 year old self? Oh man. That's. And no, and mind you, I'm going to give you a hint. There are no right or wrong answers. I'll tell you the formula at the, at the Fila answers the question. But there's no right or wrong to this. Um, the advice I would want for my 100-year-old self um, is, is how to um, navigate, um, um, budget, um, and distribute my finances. Mm, okay. So how do I budget finances and, uh, so that I can navigate life, you know, properly. Yeah. Okay. Your turn, your turn. Okay. Um, the 17 year old one is easy because all the stuff that I shared in the last question, um, that's pretty mm. much what I would tell myself. Uh, make sure you love yourself. Mm. Um, that's something I really had a hard time with. And I feel like a lot of decisions that I'm making as a younger adult, it's a direct, mm -hmm. it's a direct reflection of me needing that as a child. So definitely. Every, 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 I have this, 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 uh, theory every five, seven or 10 years, we are living in the results of decisions that we made five, seven or 10 years ago. So we're, yeah. we're in a space of cleaning that up in those times. And I don't know what it is about five, seven and 10, but it just, it feels like those are the kind of the big moments of time mm -hmm. where we're learning and now we have to live in that decision and now we're cleaning up. And one thing I'm glad I always kept a journal since like mm. probably like junior year of high school. So looking back at the stuff I was saying at 17 and mm -hmm. looking at my journals now, I'm like, I can, it's good. I can see the growth. So. Did you have the page where you said my rank will be 
700 and I'm going to do that. Okay. I thought it was just me. Nah, and even then I started journal. It was a requirement for, uh, for English class. So okay. that's how I started. That's a, that's a healthy habit for spirit, for preparation and just for life in general. That's a great habit to have. Um, but for the 100 year old, I think I would ask, I think I would ask how to, how to balance everything in life. Like, um, making sure that I'm like financially stable, making sure the people that I love know that I love them and I spend time with them, making sure I'm happy. It really just seems like a lot. So if I could get the answer to that, that would be great. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 first of all, this is a, a meditation prompt that I use with a lot of my students for mindfulness training. Um, along with uh, my own personal um, meditations. And sometimes I'll be so busy in life, but the moment you run into a brick wall, it forces you to slow down. So I try to ask myself this on a random basis, maybe not every day, because that can get, you can get too much into your head, but your answers to both of those questions should tell you right now where you are. It should, it should be what you feel right now because that was your instinctual answer. So those two questions, that's what you may be struggling with. That's what you're facing right now. And that's what you're going through. And it really um, gives a lot of, it gives, it gives a lot of uh, point of view as to where you are. So when you're going through your going throughs, Ask those two questions to yourself. And that's for anybody listening as well. It's something that has really helped me to um, balance life. Uh, that's my friend Tracy in the back. They saw you. <laughs> but uh, so it, it tells you a lot about where you are in this moment. And it has made the difference uh, because sometimes you're trying to figure out, you know what the problem is but you're trying to figure out the why am I going through this, where, but when you answer those questions, it just tells you that's where you are. And if you ask, ask that question a week from now, you're probably going to get a different answer, depending on having this type of awareness of this moment and now being able to pivot and move forward. But it gives you a lot of insight as to where I'm at right now. And, you know, Finances could be, <laughs> I think that's across the board right now, uh, figuring out, coming out of everything, being in the middle of inflation and gas prices, the same prices, mortgage and such. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's just your insight. So I, I, I gift that to everybody I've come across because it was gifted to me and it makes a difference. Um, perspective and knowing where you are, awareness. Um, it helps you to get through those tough times. but um late 30s first of all sir it's nobody business how old I am <laughs> but it, it really does um uh affect us as artists like just going through life and 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 always asking ourselves a question I, I love um journaling I wish I was that dedicated I wish I was that disciplined to do it on a regular basis but it does um it does uh, help because you can always go back to a reference point and, and figure out where the, where the problem started sometimes, uh, where it came from. But I thank you both for joining us. And, you know, does, do either you have a song on your heart or uh, a verse that's maybe on your heart right now that you want to share with the class? <laughs> 
If not, they can just show up on the 20th of May. So that's that's the consensus. So show up on the 20th of May. And and, and I saw him reaching. Did he reach for the button? No, I was just going to co-sign. Yeah, show oh, up on there. He's playing with people's hearts now. I thought he was reaching reaching because he had a song on his heart. But go ahead. No, I was just going to co-sign. Show up on the, the 20th. Um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, great, great event. One last thing that y'all want to get off your chest or any advice for people or anything you want to say as we close out? I just want to say, I appreciate you. I was really nervous about this and you made it nice and easy. So thank you. I, I felt the, like, what is, what's about to happen here? But it's just easy going. No, no, uh, no punches thrown. You, sir? Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the interview. Um, and so thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I speak for Fila as well. And Fila, I just want to say to you, I haven't heard you sing yet because we haven't been in the same rehearsals yet, but you definitely have that artist look like the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she looks like she can sing. Yeah, thank, thank Especially when she said what her likes were, jazz and gospel fusion. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to have to break some plans on a Saturday just so I can get to rehearsal ahead. <laughs> so thank you all for tuning in. Come back next Friday. We got another couple artists joining us. Uh, I forgot the date, but next Friday, same time, uh, join us, the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BigExposedRadio.com. Thank you, Fila. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and their information is in the descriptions. Uh, description below so you can find them on social media and peace out people have a great weekend enjoy yourself and don't hurt nobody don't hurt nobody out there <laughs> thank you all